Hey ladies and gents, welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. As always, I'm joined by Jordan. Jared, it is great to have you on the show today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm also joined by Dom. Hello? Mr. Morgan, we gotta <laughs> head in time and, and see about that bank. I can't, Jordan. <laughs> what about better. John Marston? Uh, on a normal podcast I don't think the impression would be too bad Dom but like Jordan's so good at them that like it makes both of us look inferior whenever we try it Um, hey man I know my skills and I know my weaknesses and impressions isn't one of them that's some props Uh, episode 155 I didn't say at the top of the show Dom's back this week Uh, let's hop into what we've been playing for me, there was one primary game and the one primary like non-game thing. So the non-game thing, I watched the new movie uh, for Rocco's Modern Life that hit Netflix this week right. or last week. Only 45 minutes, so it's weird that it constitutes as a movie, but you know, it's like a TV movie type thing. Special. Yeah, I mean they, it's longer than an, than an episode would be, so I guess technically it's a special, but they like list it as a movie. I don't know. Either way. 45 minutes. Gotcha. Uh, I don't know how much you guys have heard about it or how much you guys like Rocco's Modern Life or whatever. Um, but it's it's good. It's a very solid meta commentary on like fandoms. So this isn't spoiling anything. The show focuses on Rocco trying to get this TV show from his childhood remade and put back on TV. And he has to jump through all of these hoops to try to get it remake, uh, remade. And one of the funny things is when he finally green lights it, Instead of getting the original creator, they go to other people to create a new season of it. So it focuses on all of that. So it's very strongly tied into fandom. And, you know, whenever you ask for something to be brought back, it's it's not going to be the same as it was when you were a kid or you were younger. And with some of that, you're going to get some positive things and some negative things with, you know, focusing so hard and wanting to bring back something for nostalgia's sake, right? Uh, another surprising part yeah. about the special is it has a very well written, I mean, it's it's simplistic, don't get me wrong, this isn't like a crazy narrative, but it has a really well written trans storyline in it, which threw me for a loop. I didn't expect, the last place I expected to see a trans positive storyline that was well handled was going to be in a Rocco's Modern Life movie, you know what I mean, or a special. Um, right. So that was really cool. Um, yeah, it, it's exactly what I expected, now, but it was, I loved it. Does, does the, the meta ever get to you guys? Because I feel like, especially with reboots these days, everything has to be meta. Everything has to have at least some level of meta-ness to it, right? Where it's like, Jared, you and I, I've brought this up about comics, uh, recently about how, because of how goofed up. Uh, continuity is and how wacky this shit is at this point they almost have to and they do in comic uh, like reference oh well there's a hundred Spider-Man I thought you knew that everybody knows there's a hundred Spider-Man by now it's like well if you're not a fucking ultra nerd you might just think that there is a Spider-Man Peter Parker right so yeah um, everything has to be meta in some sort like not Literally, you know what I'm saying. Not yeah. Literally everything, but just so much has to have this kind of, not wink at the camera, but just like, it's almost like we can't just enjoy our entertainment. We have to think about it. We can't just have the surface level enjoyment anymore. They have to like, you know, talk to you about it without actually like, like I said, winking at the camera. I, 
I think Rocco's Modern Life gets away with it because it is so over the top in its comedy and animation, right? Like, it's not trying to be sure. serious, and it's more so poking fun at literally every like the re their explanation for the TV show, like the characters being gone for twenty years, is that they've been lost in space for twenty years. So when they come back, sure. everything has evolved to the modern age, and they're trying to catch back up. And in this time, Rocco finds out that his favorite show was canceled, right? And the meta stuff, I agree with you that there is a tendency nowadays because it's like uh, in order for something to be remade or be brought back, in order for it to feel as if it should be brought back, they have to have some type of meta commentary, right? It's like justification. Exactly. And with Rocco's, it's like it's just so over the top and wacky and sometimes gross with some of the stuff they do. It's like you can't take it seriously, so... It's right. for for this the the the, the meta narrative is not necessarily like an overt message. It's so that way they can tell the story and it makes sense for these characters to be gone twenty years. You know, um, I'm really interested. The as we're recording this on a Thursday, August fourteenth, the Invader or fifteenth, the Invader Zim special is going to be coming on Netflix. So I'm really interested to see how that turns out because it's weird that they're just doing specials and not just like bringing the series back. And that, I wonder if it's a, a, a green light type of thing, you know? These are kind of like the pilots to see if people, if the audience is still there. Um, because this is, I'm assuming this is Netflix, because there are partnerships with Nickelodeon, but it's Netflix funding it. So I wonder if it's like a partnership between them of, we're going to make these specials. If the audience numbers are there, Netflix is like, we'll green light it, right? Because Nickelodeon doesn't want to put up the money for these series and, and uh, kind of uh, test it, right? They don't want to take that risk. Uh, especially with the way you know traditional cables dying and streaming services are picking up, I think Nickelodeon is a lot more tighter with their money. They, you know, a couple of years ago or maybe last year, they um, let the creator Fairly Odd Parents <coughs> and Danny Phantom go, Butch Hartman. So I think they're like kind of a little bit tighter on their money. So Nickelodeon's like, these people want these shows back. Let's ha have Netflix do some special, see if they catch on. If they do, we'll partner with Netflix for a season or something. Who knows? Um, well, there's a, they just announced that merger or whatever. Um, oh, the Viacom, Viacom uh, yeah, and CBS. So that's a. I think Nickelodeon's owned by Viacom, right? Yeah, Nickelodeon and yep. MTV and a few others. Yeah, Viacom's like that'd be interesting. Viacom's the Disney no one talks about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, uh, right. Not to yeah, Disney example, they own a lot of stuff. About Viacom merging with CBS because Viacom's already gigantic, owning shit like Nickelodeon and Paramount and the like. So that's that's wild. The other thing, I stuck to my promise, Jordan. You were in here last week, Dom, obviously. I started Gears of War 4 last week, Dom, and I told Ooh. Jordan on the podcast I would finish it by this time, and I did. So I finished Gears of War 4, um, really enjoyed it. Last week, I had finished the first two acts, and then this week, I got I finished the, the last three. Um, it's, it's good, isn't it, man? Like, it, underrated. Like, it didn't get talked about enough. I stand by that. Yeah, I think it's a very solid game. I really enjoyed my time. There was a couple of problems I had, very minor. Uh, one, I think, and this makes sense for the Coalition because obviously they're taking over for the franchise and they're in that weird space that 343 was with Halo 4 where you want to have stuff similar enough to where people don't feel like you're uh, doing a disservice to the franchise, right? There are new developers coming in and they need to make sure that people understand they get what like Gears or Halo is about. I think that with Gears 5, what we've seen with the trailers, now that we've seen what that game's going to be, that's going to take the next leap for them being different, right? Even as subtle as them taking off the of War from the game title. 
with this game, I think they're, they're, they did some new stuff that was really interesting, but it was still a little bogged down in the original trilogy um, a little bit too much. Um, but it didn't detract from my experience. I really enjoyed myself. Uh, the bike chase and the like Titanfall thing towards the end, Dom, uh, those were really refreshing. I really yeah. love those. I actually I wish there was that. maybe another one of those type of experiences some point in the game uh, because those two just sh- like shifted your expectations for a Gears game and it really it, it, it broke up the monotony of all the shooting, right? Um, the one thing I will say, the thing, the, the killer of this game for me and the reason I, I would say it's a, like a good, great game and not like anything higher than that is like Act 3 completely ruins the pacing of this game. So like Act 1 goes by at a reasonable pace. Act 2 goes by at a reasonable pace. Act 3 is longer than 1 and 2 combined plus. Like, it drags on and on. If you remember, like, Act 3 starts at the beginning of you leaving the farm, right, with Marcus, and it ends when you find him in the hive. So there's all of the, like, going through the city and discovering these new type of locusts, then finding the factory, then going into the factory, then going down the elevator. Like, there's a lot of gameplay in there. I would say Act 1 and 2 took me about mm, two and a half, three hours. Act 3 on its own took me about four and a half hours. And then 4 and 5 were about a little bit longer than 1 and 2. 3 just completely ruined the pacing of the game. Um, Did it feel padded? No, it didn't feel padded. It just felt like... They could have cut it up a different way. Um, I think they could have they could have spliced it in a in a certain way where all of them, like even if one was the shortest one and then you had two, three, four as like the meat of the game, I'm fine with that. Like if the last chapter and the first chapter are the shortest chapters, that makes sense, right? It's just that the first you just split it into two and have six acts total. Exactly, have more acts, right? It just it completely ruined the pacing of the entire game, but. To Dama's point, it's a really great game. Um, I like it more than Halo 4. I enjoyed Halo 4, but in terms of like yeah. the, the start of a second trilogy for these two major Xbox franchises, I really enjoyed Gears of War 4. Uh, I like the new enemies. They're based on like a lot of the locusts we've seen, but with some twists, like the... Uh, the berserker. Now that they have like the the crystals on him, Dom, and you have to like shoot their like pussy orange like uh, oh, yeah. weak points, was really cool. Um, the thing I'm interested. Did you see the post credit scene, Dom? I don't think so. So the post credit scene. This isn't a huge spoiler. Is the uncle who everyone thought was dead, being alive? Oh yeah. Yep. He bursts out of the uh, snatchers. What they call them. That's really funny, mm-hmm. too, is, like, JD and all these guys uh, making names for these new creatures, you know what I mean? And, like, Marcus is like, what the hell? You call it a snatcher? It's like, yeah, it snatched you up. Um, the communication between between the three, Kate, Dell, and JD was really cool. I'm interested to see the explanation for the stuff we saw in, the, in Gears 5, uh, Dom, where, like, JD's arm is apparently hurt. Which I thought that was something that was going to happen in the narrative for Gears Four, but it never happened. If you remember in the Gears Five trailer, he has this like holographic like machinery over his right arm, and he like it hurts him. So I don't know if he got like infected or something between the games, and he has like a completely shaved head, and he looks more like his dad. Um, the one thing I will say that was really cool is at the towards the end of the game, uh, Jordan, you you're 
going to call for help, and the assumption is that it's going to be like a, a, a certain character, like it's going to be Coltrane, or it's going to be Bear, or it's going to be somebody familiar, and it ends up actually being a couple of them, which is really cool. Um, and they look different. Like Coltrane has hair now, and he's a little bit slimmer. He's not as like thick as he was. Uh, Baird doesn't have any hair. He has like a little goatee. He looks. He actually looks a little bit like Goldberg, which is pretty funny. The wrestler from WCW. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it, Dom. I'm excited for Gears Five. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed playing it. I'm, I'm glad I finally got to it. it. Wasn't even that long of a game. Uh, one thing I want to add too is they did something that I haven't seen in a game yet. Uh, which is they added achievements for Gears 5. So they're called Road to Gears 5, and they're specific achievements to get people back in the game and playing in anticipation for wow. Gears 5, which is pretty cool. Um, I hadn't seen that before. <clears throat> the The bad thing about that is for achievement hunters, they you can't unlock them after Gears 5 comes out. So that's the boo-boo part of it. Is like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, you have to do specific tasks before the game comes out. Um, that being said, this isn't a game with like a set of a thousand gamer score, and then they added these. This game has four thousand gamer score, so they've added achievements with every piece of DLC. So having those tacked on to an already like insurmountable list of achievements doesn't like hurt me too bad. Like I'm not too irritated by it, but gonna be trying to get some of those achievements before the game comes out and fiddle away at some of the collectibles but i had a blast of the dumb i should have played it sooner when you played it you obviously enjoyed it so yeah can't wait for five that's pretty much it for yeah, me man i'm pretty pumped for five too Fuck. who is your favorite character out of the three jd kate and dell oh kate easy kate i like dell the most uh because yeah, like, he's the cool whole game. honestly i couldn't hardly give a shit about jd but i like the other characters <laughs> Well, yeah, that's the thing is, like, JD was a little bit whiny at times, and he, they wanted to ride him as, like, not necessarily an anti-Marcus Phoenix, but they wanted him to have a little bit more, like, personality than Marcus, but it ended up being he was just, like, a baby for the most part. Like, he complained so much, and he was so defensive, yeah. whereas, like, Kate was the naive one, and Dell was, like, the comedic relief. Like, I love that Dell started the game being yeah. in awe of Marcus Phoenix, and then by the end of it, Dell was, like, questioning everything Marcus said, which is really funny. He, like, got brave enough to, like, speak up. Um, but, yeah, that's it for me. Uh, Dom, you told us you'd been playing through Red Dead 2, right? Red Dead Redemption 2. Yes. Pretty far along. And I said this to you guys in the chat a few days ago. I'm not even finished with the game. I'm in Chapter 6, so I think I'm getting close to the end. But this is... I don't, I'm not going to say hands down, but it. Th I think it beats out what I would say the second best would be The Last of Us for the best story or storytelling in a game that I've played. Um, you know, excluding, I guess, some of like your walking simulator types, um, which I think is a little bit different. And why that's even... Compared to The Last of Us, it's even more impressive because that's a, at least a linear game, whereas this is, you know, a giant open world game um, in a setting that I don't really, you know, normally give two shits about. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's incredibly impressive the way the, the story they're, they're able to tell uh, and doing that in this giant world with all this other stuff going on. Well, that's also a little bit of like the one kind of like problem I have with the game is like I don't I don't I have no desire to go hunt. You know, and go do some of the side stuff. Like, I don't want to go play poker with some people any more than I have to, because like, I, 
I don't want to. I just want to. This, the main story is so good, um, and I'm so like, especially as it progressed, I'm just getting deeper and deeper and deeper into it, and more and more engaged. So, um, yeah, and the gameplay is, you know, like I said before, it's it's good enough. Uh, but man, I'm just I'm super excited to see how this this game uh, finishes and what happens. So, yeah, fucking Red Dead, man. The cool thing with Rockstar too it's, is that it's good. I think the reason. I think GTA tends to have good stories too, but the problem is, is that they're so like zany with their social commentary in those games that it can tend to feel a little ridiculous, right? Whereas with like Red Dead, it's it's like uh, it's like a historic kind of narrative where you're not relying so much on you know commenting on problems with society in the current like modern age and you're just focusing on telling this character specific story and obviously they're like a very talented studio with a lot of budget behind them so they're able to make like these really beautiful games yeah. i agree with you obviously it's, the, it's okay. the the weakness of the games are, are the gameplay um but like that that narrative in red dead redemption 2 is so good and it, yeah. it kind of g- gets you anxious in a very good way of as you start to go down the home stretch of that game you're like starting to worry about characters and you want to see it culminate in a in a really like good resolution to the whole thing it's it's a uh, yeah i love that game so much that's why i hate when people are so quick to like shit on it for lack of a better term of like oh yeah like god of war by by far was the best game of 2018 and you know spider-man was good but then you have red dead it's like red dead got you know reviewed the way it did for a reason it's still a great game i still hold to the fact like one of the the criticisms that i hate about it is people will quickly say that the pacing is bad i don't think the game has bad pacing i think it has slow pacing and in the current age we live in people have really short attention spans and i think a lot of people misconstrue slow pacing as bad pacing and i don't think that's the case if you're telling a narrative that requires slow pacing and it does that well i think that's great you know what i mean it fits so yeah i've always been bothered I, by that I'll, i i'm with you i would i would even double down on it because what i just said about like how it's able to tell the story it tells in the in a giant open world um that kind of the pacing is instrumental to that so like if this if shit was moving faster, um, you would quickly fall into the trap of like, um, you know, and I got to it into it a little bit towards the end here, but you would quickly fall into the, you know, the fallout four of like, well, my son is missing, but I'm going to go build a settlement. Oh yeah. So why yeah. in the fuck would you be doing that? Where like the main story quest, the pacing is pretty fast, but that doesn't, that doesn't, it keeps you away from everything else in the game. But I think that the pacing in this is like, it's what makes it, it's what draws you in. Like it, it everything is, it builds up slowly and you, you, you know, you engage with these characters. Um, it's slowly, yeah, you're right. Slow, I, I say slowly, but I, I couldn't mean that in even slightly in, in, in a pejorative way. Like, it's it's absolutely, I'd say the pacing is fucking flawless, frankly. Um, and that's and it's thing, a long game, but that's what makes it good, too. So, And uh, to your point with Fallout 4, as the game progresses to the Fallout 4, the world doesn't really change in a way to make you want to pursue your main goal, right? In Red Dead 2, as the game goes along... The world will change in a way where you kind of have to focus on the storyline because trying to do all of these other things in the open world becomes more difficult because of the things that unfold during the narrative of the game with you being wanted and all that stuff. So, yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. <laughs> I mean, the other thing that pissed me off is like some of the missions that like, you know, you're along for the ride. It's not you don't get a lot of choice necessarily in this game um, as far as the main missions. Right. So, like, uh, you know, I have to shoot up this whole fucking town. 
and I got all these bounties that like I gotta pay, and I feel like I was punished for doing the playing the game properly. But it's not like a, I don't really mean that in a bad way necessarily. But <laughs> that was just one of those things that I wasn't. It's kind of un, like not normal for most games, but yeah. Honestly, I think the bounty system in that game is beyond fucked. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It's I, I I stay pretty squeaky clean as I can out there. I've definitely taken the the good guy Arthur path as much as possible. But. Just like the way that it works, the way that you pay off your debts or whatever, the way that like. You can have a bounty on you, but then you can also be doing side quests for the sheriff of the town, and, like, it just, it's crap. <laughs> uh, before but, we hop... Um, one last thing was, uh, I gotta mention, I gotta mention, is Dark Knight Trilogy in 4K, finally, it's finally here, and I finally go. balled up and got it, because it was on sale, so I rewatched and all everyone loses their minds! Oh. And they're all really good movies, and they look great in 4K and with HDR. So, end topic. <laughs> uh, I was just going to ask you, before we hop to what Jordan's been playing, favorite character in the Vanderling gang outside of Arthur so far? Man, Arthur's so good, so uh... you're really uh, crippling me there. But uh, John Marston has grown on me. Last time you asked me that, I was like, he's kind of lame, but now he's grown on me a lot. But, man, Dutch is like... Dutch is so interesting, and I find him fascinating as hell. As he's initially appears very one-dimensional, but as the game progresses and as you know their luck turns a certain way and things different things are happening, it's like he gets so fascinating to me. Um, but that, that yeah, that's where I'm. I'm just that's that was my initial gut feeling. And I'm gonna stick with that. So I'm going with Dutch. I've wanted to a spoiler cast for the game for so long. When you finish it, you want to do a spoiler cast. Absolutely. Okay, because there's some stuff I want to talk about in terms of what happens in the narrative that uh, is really interesting. Anyways, Jordan, let us know what you've been doing this past week. Real quick, I was going to ask, who is uh, Dutch's right-hand man in the... Uh, Jose Matthews? Yeah, Jose. Yeah, so he's the older guy, right? Yeah. And my biggest complaint with that, uh, playing the first game pretty soon... Uh, or pretty close to the release of uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is that it has it's the same voice actor as the guy in the first game that's like the traveling um, like fake medicine salesman oh yeah the old yeah. guy the like diabetes test supplies looking dude yeah he's like uh, a charlatan you know what I mean Yeah. Um, and uh, it's the exact same voice actor and I'm like it's weird to have John Marston specifically interacting with clearly like the most recognizable voice this guy has interacting with the same character but, or same voice actor, but it's totally different characters in two different games. Um, obviously that's kind of Whoops. a side complaint, but, but there's going to be people for the rest of eternity that are playing the red dead redemption franchise. Um, so going from one to two, everyone's going to notice that. And I'm like, as big a budget as you guys are dealing with. I'm sure that guy's... Clearly that guy's a great voice actor. But to use him as, like, main characters in the same franchise two times is weird, you know? Well, it's crazy the number of characters from the first game that don't have the same voice actor in the second one. Like, Javier Escuela has a different voice actor. Uh, 
not Bill. Bill has the same voice actor. There's a couple of them in the gang that are in the first one that have completely different voice actors. It's really weird. Um, yeah, do you know whose voice actor is the same in both games, Jared? Uh, John Marston! Yeah. Uh, man, the guy who... The, I really hope that the guy who voices Arthur comes back in another like, AAA game. I think he's like so good. Uh, he's stupidly good, man. That he, role. Yeah. He won the Game Award, remember, for the best performance. So, like, yeah. it's phenomenal. Jordan, what have you been playing, watching, reading? Yes, yes. Um, been playing more uh, Feth, as it's abbreviated online, which is Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, 40 hours in at this point. I would definitely say I'm slowing down. What I need to do is kind of just cut out... Not cut out, but just kind of push through the classroom setting because at this point 40 hours in that isn't super exciting and my characters are powerful enough that I don't necessarily need to be meticulously worrying about every single fucking social link and all that so um, we'll see if I decide to jump back and do the uh, secret path that uh, you and I talked about Jared but um, that we'll, we'll see how I'm feeling at the end of the game I guess um, so that's what I've been playing. And then uh, continued watching Ghost in the Shell Arise, the OVA series. And yeah, I definitely think uh, watching that in between seasons one and two of Standalone Complex, I definitely think that that is my favorite of the two Ghost in the Shell series, obviously. Not necessarily ranking up against the movies. Uh, or the original movie in particular, but uh, really enjoy Arise. I think Major Kusanagi looks a little wonky. Her character design may not be my favorite, uh, but other than that, I think the series is fantastic. The music, shout the fuck out to that music, and the uh, intro music in particular is really, really cool. So, uh, watching that... Um, finished watching G Gundam and it's a goofy 90s series that's very heavily deviates from Gundam but I think has like some of the most fun and cool uh, Gundam designs that I've seen obviously I haven't seen all the Gundam series because there is a vast amount but that reminds me, sorry to interrupt you, Jordan, you saying Gundam just sparked, that was something I wanted to tell you. Obviously, me and you build uh, Gunpla in, like, in our spare time, right? Yeah, baby. Uh, yeah. I forgot to tell you, I got, one of the recent models I got to build whenever I feel like doing it was the main um, robot or, you know, Gundam thing from Pacific Rim. I forget his name. Oh, the first movie? Yeah, the blue, like the blue guy, the, the blue, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck, I wish I could remember the names. They actually have cool names in the Pacific Rim series. Um, but yeah, so since you mentioned the models, I will say I have watched, uh, finished the first two, uh, like in release chronology Gundam series, that being Mobile Suit Gundam and then Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam, and I decided to get all the model, basically all the model kits except for color variations that were released for the first series. Um, and obviously, I'm not going to do that for every Gundam series. That would be utterly <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. But I'm thinking about completing the set for G Gundam just because 
the fucking Gundams in this show are out of control cool like creative and and just they're very like I said kind of deviate from the Gundam uh, norms but they still have some of the conventions of Gundam uh, builds so thinking about that for sure Jared um, send me pics of the Pacific Rim model kit though Love to see that. Uh, like in box or after I build it? Both. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you can just whenever you build it, you can just include a picture of the box. I guess. I just thought that would find like send you a picture of it like next to a banana for scale. <laughs> just like a really. <laughs> <laughs> or just like send me the picture of the plastic pieces still in the configuration. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, that's oh, funny. That's that's cool. See, like just a bunch of random Legos. Um, <laughs> So yeah, G Gundam's good fun, 90s anime fun. It's certainly not up there, probably going to be up there with my favorite Gundam series because I'll tell you boys, the Gundam shit really goes into like, you know, it's about obviously mechs and giant robots fighting in space with lightsabers, obviously awesome, but it's also a lot about war and how that affects human beings. Um, very much about that in that's like a through line in most of the series even though a lot of them don't connect timeline wise so um, PTSD and, and stuff like that the way people are dealing with uh, real wars is uh, an interesting aspect of that so that's certainly not part of the uh, multi-country fighting tournament Gundam series that I just watched but fun nonetheless um, it was the first Gundam series not in the main timeline interesting fact there all, all the way in the 90s so anyways uh, last but not least I want to give a shout out to uh, the latest run of Wonder Woman that I was telling Jared about before the show the comic book I should say uh, which is written by G. Willow Wilson and it is fantastic uh, I have enjoyed it very much 58 through 76 just came out yesterday and uh wow man it's freaking awesome it is um, one of the things that I really enjoy about good solo series for comic book superheroes is diving into their lore specifically uh, like I was talking about Thor and his North, Norse mythology or obviously Wonder Woman here having Greek mythology to dive into um, and that's exactly what we've done it doesn't feel way too far in that direction um, there's still earthly connections Steve Trevor's still around and we're still in the realm of uh, earth reality plenty of the time but it's uh, still lots of cool Greek Amazonian action and uh, gods and, and characters coming through so um, really enjoyed that and um uh, it's just a really well-written story. I was, as I was saying earlier, it is not necessarily trying to revolutionize the character in this giant way, which I feel like many comics are trying to do uh, these days, which is not always what's best. Um, and I think that it just tells a great story, which is something that I feel doesn't get focused on in entertainment in general these days, is just being a competent story. Uh, that you're telling and so I really appreciate that so really enjoyed it sounds interesting um, 
Wonder Woman hasn't necessarily been like my favorite go-to for DC, but oh, sure, she. Yeah. That's why I caught up with all the rest of DC before <laughs> yeah. Wonder Woman. You know. Uh, another thing, Dom. Remember how we were talking about uh, wanting you to check out Cowboy Bebop when you had a chance? Turns out yes. that in anticipation of it coming to Netflix as a live-action series, apparently in the deal that got them like uh, Evangelion and all of these other series. They got oh, the shit. they got the rights to Cowboy Bebop anime, so it's going to be coming to Netflix. When it does, it'll be an easier way for you to okay. watch it. So, oh, definitely Which check out that HD, yeah. gorgeous uh, remaster that they did. Uh, rewatched it, and my God, you've got to watch Cowboy Bebop. Whether or not you're into anime, I'm not just talking to you, Dom, just people in general. Um, yeah, Cowboy Bebop is up there, man, with just entertainment properties. Well, I just love that it's uh, the type of thing where you can watch an episode and it is standalone in and of itself. It's yeah, so Tom, good. You could, you could really watch just about any episode and you would probably, I would bet money on the fact that you would get some enjoyment out of it. They're just so good, yeah. Like, it really wants, for me personally, I want, like, a... It doesn't have to be live action. It can be, like, you know, um, animated, but uh, Batman or Nightwing or something series where it is the same thing, where it's, like, each episode is a standalone, like, case. That'd be really dope. Um, Anyways, let's hop into the quickie news. We're going to get through it kind of quickly, as the name suggests. Uh, And because the topic of the show uh, is going to be a little bit time-consuming. Not too much. We'll see how far we can get in it, but... In terms of quickie news, we got a couple of Xbox-related things and something to do with Nintendo's new controller. So the first thing, so head of Xbox, Matt Booty, Booty going to give it to you, uh, confirms uh, via an interview that the Outer Wilds sequel could likely be a console exclusive. So basically what he had mentioned, uh, people were talking about, because obviously uh, Outer Worlds is Outer Wilds. So, no, Outer Worlds. <laughs> Oh, those two games, man. Why do they have to be named so closely? Uh, well, they, they come out within like six months of each other. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Outer Worlds is published by the private division, and it's coming to all consoles, right, in PC. Now that uh, Obsidian's owned by Microsoft, people are wondering, well, if a sequel comes out, will it be console exclusive? Will it not? And Matt Booty said that all of the studios they acquired, they want them to make games for their platforms and though he didn't outright deny that it would come to other platforms for the sequel he said basically with like a wink and a nod that if it does good enough they want it to be another like pillar of xbox's exclusive uh lineup so there's that not huge news kind of something we all us three anticipated would likely be the case um so nothing too much of a shock there matt booty just confirming what we all assumed uh Next up, the Nintendo Switch uh, SNES Bluetooth controller leaked. So it had a uh, blueprint leak where it showed the um, serial uh, number um, for the model, and it matches up with the Bluetooth NES controller that came out for the Switch and the Switch itself. Um, So it's all but confirmed that this controller exists. So that's kind of not the news here. Uh, The the other thing with this is uh, the assumption that um, you know, the Nintendo online service has the NES games that come to it, right? That you can play as long as you're a member of their online service. Well, those came out around the same time that this, the NES Bluetooth controller came out. So what people are assuming is with this blueprint being leaked, that when this controller releases, we'll be getting the SNES games coming to the Switch. Um, See, I was always under the impression that it was going to be a mixture of the two from the start. Yeah. That's what I thought when they announced the online shit. I guess I was wrong. 
the thing too is uh, first of all the controller looks dope i'll probably end up getting it because it's going to have a good d-pad like one of my biggest complaints about nintendo general is like the joy-con d-pad is booty the pro controller d-pad is okay but oh. it's still like it's nowhere near the xbox or the playstation in my opinion but uh that that SNES controller has a really nice D-pad. Um, there's also the there's that company that makes them. What is it? 18 Bitdo, I think. They make really yeah, eight solid. Bitdo. Eight Bitdo. Bit so you go. the thing is, makes, you like the uh, I, the like bone shaped design. Yeah. Well, they they have like a, they have some really cool colorways too. Like they have a Game Boy colorway. They have the a SNES colorway. Uh, what were you gonna say, Dom? That you're probably gonna be better off just getting one of those. Um, because it's going to be a third of the price of whatever Nintendo ends up charging for theirs, their version of it, and probably the same functionality. Yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I don't remember what it was specifically, but of course, when the NES controller came out, I remember there being some classic Nintendo bullshit about, like, it does this, but it can only do that, you know? It's yeah. Like, also, the NES controller sucks. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on the hard line here and say that controller sucks. No, just the... The original one, in general. yeah. The form factor, the like rectangle, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's uncomfortable. Just hard corners, like. <laughs> yeah, uh, the eight bit do one is fifty bucks. Obviously, we don't have a price one on the SNES one yet, but it'll likely be sixty, seventy bucks. So you're probably right there, Dom. Um, people, yeah. some people. Plus, are does thinking, that have analog sticks too? <laughs> which one? The eight bit do one. Yeah, because like that fifty dollar eight bit one. Like has analog sticks, and I'm at, I mean, obviously a regular SNES controller does not have analog sticks, right? N- so yeah, the Nintendo one doesn't. It's just it's it's a SNES controller, yeah. So you'll only probably want to play with select games, obviously. Uh, right. Yeah. So hopefully, I hope this. Hopefully, 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 uh, I hope this controller comes out by the end of the year. If it has a decent price point, I might choose it over the Bitdo one, depending on like warranties and stuff. And if it's close, but knowing Nintendo, it'll probably have a Nintendo tax on it. Who knows? Uh, the last bit of quickie news here. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> SNES Drift. Um, the last bit of news here isn't really news. It's more of an update. Uh, we've long talked about how Game Pass, or we've wondered at least, does Game Pass positively affect publishers and developers? And we've heard some cases here and there of people seeing good sales success. There was a roundup uh, this last week uh, from multiple game developers and publishers. There was a thread on Twitter, and they're basically talking about uh, confirming the notion that Game Pass has helped them. So all of them stated that they saw sales growth since putting their games in the service. And there was two or three specific developers and publishers that said that their game sales quadrupled uh, since putting it in Game Pass, um, which is really cool. That's good for indie games and indie developers. Uh, We often talk about how we're the type of people who buy indie games and will play them, but the casual gamer is still the type of person that like buys Madden, Call of Duty, and like God of War, and that's it. And they really look at indie games in the same vein as we look at mobile games to some extent. And it seems like with Game Pass, they get to try out all of these indie games and they can buy them on their own. And we're seeing that turn into actual sales, right? So it's really cool to see. Uh, because when, when you see these streaming services, you worry how effective it'll be for these developers and publishers. We've seen with the music market how now in the all streaming future for music, artists have a tougher time making money through streaming services because they get paid pennies on the dollar, right, for every stream of their music. Right. So it's cool yeah, now. That's a good conversation because, like, I'm kind of of two minds, right? I, you know, I have to understand the economics around it better because – 
I've discovered a lot of staying on the music example, I guess, because it's a good parallel up probably. I've discovered a lot of bands and a lot of music I never would have even come close to discovering if it wasn't for Spotify, right? Yeah. And how easy right. it and it's just streaming, you don't have to buy it, yada yada. But like you said, they don't really make dick for money on Spotify, so it's like is that better or worse? It from it sounds like from their perspective it's worse, but I would like to think that the discoverability has a net positive impact. But, I don't know. And then there's a layer above that of like now with the streaming services being the key to, towards music, they're not many bands and artists aren't making albums really anymore. They're making singles. So yeah. they're uh, releasing singles periodically could lead towards tours a lot sooner in between, right? You don't have to wait for a new whole album to come out to tour. So then they make money. It's like a whole, it's a very interesting conversation mm. of like, the chicken yeah. and the egg and all, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's good to see Game Pass be having a positive mark on indie developers. Quadrupling your net earnings is pretty awesome, especially for smaller studios who don't make much at all, you know. We're not here talking about Activision quadrupling their earnings, because who cares about them? Uh, <laughs> that's pretty much it, though, for the quickie news. So the topic, the reason I wanted to get to this a little bit quicker, we're going to do as many as we can, and I'll explain to you what we're doing, and then we'll pick back up either next week or another week when there's not a whole lot of news, because I eventually want to get through this list, but I'm not setting foot that we're going to complete all of these. Here's the thing. We're going to be answering these questions as quickly as possible, okay? Um... You don't have to be like one word answers, but we're going to keep a reasonably quick pace about this. If any of you who are listening uh, watched, I think it was either the most recent kind of funny game cast or maybe it was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Tim Gettys brought up this list that this website did. Uh, Levelskip.com. Uh, Levelskip.com did this list of the 50 video game questions you should ask your friends. It's kind of like icebreakers when you make new friends that play video games. Um, I thought it'd be something interesting for us to do because there's a lot of cool questions in here. Like I said, rapid fire-ish. I'm going to ask the questions. Here's The way it works is I'll ask the question, I'll answer it first, and then either of you, whoever has your answer first, can go. Uh, first question here, number one, what's your favorite game of all time? We've all three of us have Ocarina answered this before. Time. Yep, Mass Effect 2 for me. Witcher 3. Exactly. Uh, that's an easy Wait, softball one. What did you say? Witcher 3. Jordan? Witcher 3. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, all RPGs, right? No, Ocarina is an RPG. Action yeah, adventure? Yeah, action game adventure. Action yeah, adventure. whatever you want to call it. There's RPG it's elements in it, though, right? Uh, not really. I mean, I guess you get items that kind of... That's how you progress. It's not really like levels. Yeah, I've never played uh, Ocarina, so... Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, this one. What's a game you thought you'd like? The question says, "What's a game you like? Uh, you think you you thought you'd like, but actually hated?" Hate's a strong word for me personally. The for this, I'll say, "What's a game you thought you'd like, but actually didn't?" Uh, Breath of the Wild for me. It was a game I thought I was going to absolutely adore with my love for open world games, and I just didn't like it. Hated is too strong a word. I didn't hate that game, but that's why I changed it for me. Do you guys, if there was a game uh, that you thought you'd like and you hated or just disliked, all this talk about. Anthem coming back has me utterly <laughs> devastated because I, as cautious as I was walking into it after Andromeda, I still had a ray of hope and I was so saddened by the outcome of that game. Uh, Dom? We know Ed Jordan's answer, Anthem. That's a good choice. I'm struggling to think of something off the top of my head, but the best thing I can get to is Persona 4. 
and it's not usually my type of game, but it's so universally praised. And like after like I don't know, it was like 15 hours. I was just kind of like, Ugh, I don't know, and just kind of fell off. So not hated, but, but like disliked, right? Yeah, so it, that's that's as good as I can get. So I wasn't like expecting to like love it as much as everyone, but I thought I could get into it because um, a lot of people said like they weren't into RPGs or, or you know, but this one was was that good. And I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I did play for a long ass time though. That's a lot. Uh, of know what I've realized? You can find that with just about any single thing, where people will be like, "Dude, this is the best thing I've ever experienced. You have to experience this." And there will be people like, you know, I'm not usually into reading books, but I read this book. You gotta read it because I had to. I, I had to get through it because it was so damn good. Even though I don't even read books, and you read it, and you're like, yeah, it was a pretty good book. It's like certain things just resonate with people so goddamn hard. I guess. Yeah, and then it's the the funny thing to that too is like if you're somebody who doesn't read books, then what's your baseline for a good book? You know what I mean? Because yeah, then there's exactly. that question of like, I do find that when people are like. I don't watch movies, but you gotta watch this fucking movie, man. And I'm like, well, it has a 44% on Rotten Tomatoes. Hey, <laughs> Batman vs. Superman is an super, okay like, movie. <laughs> I usually don't, like, chain myself to a Rotten Tomatoes score, but I don't know about this whole uh, Amy Schumer thing you got going on here. Next question. Next question. We, we gotta keep trucking. What is that? The... Sorry, I won't go into that. <laughs> Next question. This is similar, but a little bit different. What's a really popular game everyone seems to love, but you don't like? Fortnite, on an easy one for me. Yeah, Fortnite. I'll take that. I'll take that, and I'll take GTA. Yeah, I can say Breath of the Wild too, but for a different answer, you know, I don't want to say the same thing twice. Yeah, I will say Minecraft. Breath of the Wild too. I do. Here's the thing, though. I like Breath of the Wild too a lot. Yeah. But I don't like it nearly as much as everybody else does. I think that people are way overblown on Breath of the Wild. I I think maybe you're a little bit obviously Dom really loved it. I think you're a little bit higher on it than I am. I'm with you though. I don't like sure. actively dislike it, but didn't right. necessarily know or clear the near the hear the beer the. <laughs> uh, Average guy. Uh, number four. What's a game you didn't expect to enjoy but ended up liking? Ooh, this is a tough one. Uh, whoever has their answer first, go ahead and say it. I'm gonna kind of. Uh, talk here while I try to figure out my answer. I'm going to say strategy games because I've been getting obviously really into those the last couple of years and uh, yeah definitely was not something that I played as a kid or got into um, any time before now really. I really just started playing them and as soon as I started you know I don't necessarily remember what the first couple ones would have been but uh, like turn-based strategy as soon as I started with that then I really got into it Ooh, uh, so me it would either be the Civ games I don't remember which one I played first uh, or Jade Cocoon which was a JRPG on the PS1 Jade Cocoon <laughs> yeah cause I never played JRPGs I didn't grow up playing them so I was like eh, my mom picked it up for me at like a yard sale or something because she always used to grab whenever she was out and about if she saw games that were like cheap she'd pick them up for me because she you know I love <laughs> video games so much you know what I mean what a so. sweet hat uh, Dom, do you have an answer? Yeah, I'm going to go on a bit of a journey here. So the year is 2011, right? Oh, I am, shit, how old am I? 17? Four. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm 17 years old. Me and a good buddy of mine in high school are just neck deep in Skyrim. You know what I mean? This crazy giant RPG is just fun. It's accessible. It's, you gave your buddy a you know, job? Neck deep? What? <laughs> what? You're no, we're neck deep in the game. 
Jesus. Not each other. Damn it, Jordan. All right. This is yeah. a sexual like, discovery? What? Not in the slightest. It's a video game. Anyway, um, you know, Skyrim is great. Like, we could go on about that for a while. But my buddy brings back this new game. He's like, yeah, it's kind of like Skyrim, but hard as all fucking hell. Uh, Dark and Souls. From you guys' perspective right now, it's going to sound weird Souls. because you've only known me to love this series. But, yeah, yeah, and it's this game called Dark Souls. And he's like, yeah, it's supposed to be so incredible, but it's crazy difficult. And I'm like, I said to him, like, why on earth would you ever put yourself through some shit like that? You know? Um, we play it for a little bit together. Hey, and that's he, a, a good example for me is Bloodborne, then. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think this would probably be an answer for a lot of people that got into it. Um, but, yeah, he's he has the first copyright, and he's gets, you know, a third of the way through and stalls out because it's just, he's a fuck this, fuck that, you know, the, the usual story you hear. Um, but I'm a little more like, you know what, man, just chill. Just, like, like just, like, I was kind of like, don't give up. Like, don't be a fucking boss. I was like, whatever. Dude, it's all good. I'm going to be boss. No problem. <laughs> Yeah, more or less but like seeing him kind of stall out i was like no like i can do this and so like that's it and that that's how it goes and my obsession began and only got bigger with dark souls so initially i didn't think that, i could ever be into it but here is I that am. your favorite game series i guess well that's a question in this essay or <laughs> not essay but this list yeah okay we're only on question yeah, five let's try to it. let's try to get at least f- to 15 by the end of the show, so let's pick it up a little bit. Uh, what game have you spent the most amount of hours on? For me, probably Call of Duty Modern Warfare, more, more than likely. Yeah. Or Madden, if you count all of them as like one game, but that's kind of cheating. So yeah, Call of Duty Modern I guess Warfare. I it'll be uh, a multi-time answer here for me that's also going to be Witcher 3. Yeah, like, you can spend a lot of time in that game. Uh... This is a dumb question, but we'll ask it anyways. If you had to marry the last video game character you played, who would it be? It'd be JD Phoenix for me from Gears of War 4, I guess. The uh, name? Arthur Morgan. Her name is Galene, and she is my created character in Fire Emblem Three Houses. So only one of us has our... Within your sexuality. Exactly, our our real-life sexuality matchup. Um, Also, I think... Both of you landed way better than I did because JT's whiny. I don't want to be married to that dude. Um, uh, let's see. Next up. If you had to live in the world the last game you played, what world would it be? For me, it'd be Sarah, the, the world of Gears of War. That'd be awful. You know what? Yeah. I don't think I could stand to look at the fucking textures in the world of Fire Emblem <laughs> for my entire life. Uh, I just couldn't fucking do it. Dom has it best. He's in practically our world. You know what I mean? I mean, it. It would at least it looks beautiful. Uh, compared to Fire Emblem and the textures and such, but I don't know. That'd be a, that's a rough and tumble ass place. But yeah, I guess I have it best. You're also white, so <laughs> it helped too. If you're a minority, yeah. going back to that point might be Very a little true. bit tougher. Uh, Very true. Hey, have you ever had a crush on a video game character? Yes, uh, multiple Mass Effect characters for me. Uh, Sadie Adler from Red Dead Redemption Two is one of the more recent ones. Uh, nice. Okay. Yeah, I think that's. I've definitely like. Looked at uh, females in you know anime, video games, whatever that are animated, and been like, oh, they're cute or whatever. Never a crush except for one. And so there's a technicality here because there is a Legend of Korra game, and the one animated character I've ever had a crush on is Korra herself, well, the Avatar. To that point, when I was a kid, I used to have a huge crush on Lola Bunny. So and she was probably in a video game. So damn, bro, Space Jam, down. dude. Space Jam. Uh, 
I'm trying to. Well, I'm trying to think back to like. <laughs> Anybody I'm to think back to like PS2 era. There's be somebody, some some. Yeah, because I'm th- that was about that age too, uh, for me. Right, it was PS2 era. I'm, I want to say like, there's a game called Splashdown. It was basically like you race jet skis, and I feel like some of the characters in there. I was probably oh, like, oh 100%, yeah hundred percent yeah. Um, dead or alive, know, like a, downplaying dead or alive. A, yeah, <laughs> like a nine year old boy would would you know type of thing. But. Yeah. Uh, man, I'm sure that there were particular, specific ones too that you know I can't remember the names of. But. So n- not necessarily crush. So this could be easier for you. What's the most recent video game character you thought was like attractive? So you didn't necessarily have a crush on them, but. Wow, uh, what games have I played? Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn Girl. What's her name? Oh, oh, okay. Shit, how'd I forget that? Absolutely, hands down. Never mind. That's the number one answer. Aloy. <laughs> yeah, Aloy. Shit. Uh, bad, guys. Yep, that's Aloy. the answer. Next up, uh, what was the first game you ever remember playing? Uh. The original Mario Brothers. The original or Super Mario Brothers? No, like the OG. We had a, a Dairy Queen in our town that had like the, the original arcade. arcade cabinet. Yeah. So, wow. You're OG as fuck, I guess. Because I was going to say the same thing because I thought you were actually talking about NES Super Mario Bros, which is really what everybody knows as Mario Bros. Like Most people have not played that arcade game. I have not played that arcade game. So the uh, the old dude, I remember just going and getting uh, you know, like the the oh, dipped geez, the serious. dipped cones that they had, the dipped cones, and then playing uh, playing OG Mario, and then I eventually played obviously Super Mario Brothers. But yeah, that was the first one. Sure. Dumb. Super Mario sixty four got that along with everyone's you know N sixty four purchase as a launch title. So. I would say the majority of our generation started on some Mario game. Yeah. Whatever that may be, yeah. Um, next up, let's see, question 10. Have oh, you my ever... God. Before you continue, just imagine in a decade the answers to that question are going to be like fucking Candy Crush. Or... Uh, Minecraft Fortnite. and Minecraft, yeah. <laughs> Phone games, right? Like, uh, next one. Have you ever pretended to be sick to get out of something so you could play a game? High school, Modern Warfare. <laughs> Yeah, Pokemon many times. Ruby version. <laughs> Ooh, Pokemon's a good one too. Uh, a friend let me borrow it, and I was sick the next day. <laughs> uh, Eleven. Well, what game did you last complete? Gears of War four for me. That was an easy one. Uh, Sekiro. Your answer might be hard, Jordan, because it's been a while, right? Because obviously, nothing wrong with it, but you you're in this new era of I don't know. It's... ditching something uh, you're if you're totally into right. it. I do. Uh, I have been um, dying very... ditch. Yeah, kind of a dine and dash system. I'm just kind of uh, jumping in and enjoying things as I do, and then uh, whenever I'm finished with it, I'm finished with it. So, um, shit, I don't even know if I can remember. To be quite honest with you. Uh, did you complete God of War or Spider Man or? Oh, absolutely. There was stuff last year. I'm just not sure about this year. Ooh, uh, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of the reach. games. Did you play? Did you beat Celeste? Celeste. I'm trying to think of games that came out this year. You didn't play Red Dead, uh, Red Dead, Resident Evil 2 remake. I didn't finish. Sorry, I didn't finish. You didn't finish. You didn't finish Sekiro. Yeah, you finished Kingdom Hearts, didn't you? I did not. I got so angry at that game that I was like, at the end, even that's the the thing is, I was at the end of the game and I was like, fuck you. Well, and technically, complete to you could be different than somebody else. Complete to you means you got your satisfaction or time with it, right? That's the thing that I. That's the reason I've stopped 
rolling credits on games is because I don't care about beating them and as far as finishing them I'm like I'm getting my enjoyment out of it and if I'm pushing myself to finish it then my enjoyment is actually going down so I'd rather just quit while I'm ahead yeah okay we're that was question 11 we're gonna get to question 20 before we end we got about five minutes so let's power through here number 12 what game are you playing right now uh Gears of War 4 I know I just finished it but that's like the game I can name so I guess Madden 20. I'll say Madden 20. So it's a game I'm actively playing. Red Dead 2 and obviously Fire Emblem, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. 13. What game do you want to play next? So let's... I'm going to caveat this question. A game that hasn't come out yet. Uh, Control for me. There we go, baby. You stole the answer right out from under me. Gears 5. Hell yeah. Control, motherfucker! Gears 5 would be there for me too, Don, but technically Control comes out before. So like I had to pick Control since it's the next one up. Uh... Let's see here. Question 14. In your opinion, what is the best game console? In your opinion. So this isn't factual. Ever? This is... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this is uh, subjective. Uh, best video game console, I would say the Xbox 360 for me. I guess PS4. Dude, the reason I want to say 360 is because it gave me so Mass Effect 2, Bioshock, and Modern Warfare, and those are like three of my favorite games. So yeah, I mean yeah, that's there's, there's hardly there's a wrong answer. A shout out to the yeah the PSP, which is my favorite handheld console. I do consider them different, even though we have a hybrid and switch. But as far as best console, it is such a hard toss up between all of the different PlayStations for me. Um, but I think. Oh boy, it's so hard, man. I think PS3 and 4 are just a tiny bit better than 2, and so I'll say 4. Yeah, it's it's a tough... I mean, you can make a case for a number of them, you know, so... Uh, number 15, are Unless PC- you're saying Nintendo 64, not that anyone would ever answer that way, right, Jared? Dude, that's <laughs> on my list for sure. Uh... Oh, there's a good number of solid games, but in terms of catalog, it just doesn't have what a lot of other consoles have. Dude, there's no, like, let's say someone might have mentioned that on the Kind of Funny Games cast as their favorite console. I just can't understand how you could ever argue that as an actual thing. Yeah. It's, it's beyond my imagination. Uh, number we'll fif- do it one day. Number 15, are PC gamers really superior to console players? Uh, they have the tools to be, but I wouldn't say they outright are. That'd be my answer. Wait, like the gamers themselves? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, it's a dumb no? question. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is a ridiculous that's weird. question. That's weird. Exactly. Like, like some humans are superior? What? <laughs> well, just saying, you know, because PC gamers are up their own ass. Uh, number 16, some of them. I'm not generalizing. Uh, number 16, what's your opinion on Fortnite? It's a phenomenon. I don't enjoy playing it. I have no opinion on Fortnite. <laughs> I think it's got a cute and colorful art style, which makes it clear why it's uh, been such a phenomenon once they copy and pasted the fucking Battle Royale. And then they copy and pasted that dog head. Oh boy, that whole controversy this week. Uh, Number 17. Have you ever watched a Twitch stream? Yes. Not fully. Not for more than a few minutes. But you watched it. <laughs> you watched a Twitch stream, Dom. Uh, I guess. 18. Briefly, have, you, yeah. have you ever streamed yourself on Twitch or YouTube? Yes. No. No. Uh, 19. Have you ever used a walkthrough? Yes. 
course. Yeah. Yeah. No I'm not shame a PC here. gamer, so you know. Okay, we have we're on question twenty. We're gonna get to twenty five just so we can say we did half. So let's power through. What's the best weapon you've ever used in a game? The M sixteen in Modern Warfare or the uh, Spartan Laser in Halo are my two favorites. The Leviathan Axe and God of War. The Leviathan Axe and God of War is pretty good too. Yeah, that's a good one. The plasma, uh, what do they call it? The, the ray gun in like Nazi zombies. That thing was awesome. Ooh, that's a good choice too. Yeah. You know what? I don't know that I can answer this confidently. So since you said the word plasma, Dom, I'm going to give a shout out to one of my favorite series of all time, Dead Space, and say the plasma cutter. Ooh, another good choice. Great pick. I'll have one. Great. I'll add one more. The original sawed off from Gears of War, Dom. The one that like el- eliminates people when you're like right next to them. Oh, it's so good. Ah, energy sword, Halo. Like ah. energy sword's good too. Yeah, uh, a lot of good choices, a lot of good weapons. The BFG from Doom. Uh, number twenty-one. Have you ever had to stop playing a game because it was too scary? No. No. That's not me. Like you no know, bitch ass motherfucker. <laughs> manling, like outmanling. <laughs> it just yeah, it's never happened. Uh, twenty-two. Has a game storyline ever made you cry? Yes. Most recently, Red Dead Redemption Two. Yeah, Last of Us. Ooh, so interesting that you say that. Uh, I've talked about this on the show. Never really cried from a video game, except a video game trailer for a game that I haven't played yet, Dom, <laughs> which is The Last of Us Part Two. Nice, Ooh, nice, good I like call. That. I cried for that trailer. All the fucking bullshit of them setting PlayStation setting up their E3. Uh, presentation in that dumbass fake church that they made to look like The Last of Us for all that bullshit once they got into the actual trailer the way it transitions from the happy part to the not so happy part and just the whole thing that they do with it is just magnificent the the best trailer for the worst game that made me cry award goes to Dead Island uh, that trailer is pretty mm. sad too um 20 we have three questions left what's your favorite fighting class i'm gonna fighting is a weird way to put this i'm just gonna say what's your favorite rpg class warrior mage or rogue i would say warrior i tend to go for like the big like melee take a shot kind of character i like rogues usually stealth and magic uh we're all different we'd make a perfect pairing for like an mmo <laughs> i'll be the warrior class mage and rogue uh or a your party or as some people say rouge i'm gonna play rouge uh man speaking we mentioned kind totally of fun- different words we, we we mentioned kind of funny earlier uh tim gettys pronounced paladin in a way i've <laughs> never heard somebody pronounce paladin before what how he said it like he said it and paladin. it sounded like paula dean like the cook the racist like chef lady <laughs> And gracious chef lady. The funniest thing is Greg totally did the office stare to the camera when he did it. Like he just looked at the camera. (laughs) So funny. Uh, Anyways, last two questions. What's your favorite game genre? I would say it's a mix between FPS and RPG. Just generally those two genres. Um, It's tough though. I'd say say like Western RPG. Action Adventure 2 is like a good broad category. Uh, Jordan? I guess, yeah, you could just say RPG, since it's pretty general and widespread at this point. I'm surprised you wouldn't go uh, FPS, Dom. Would that be number two, or at least be in the top three? 
Yeah. Uh, last question. This one's easy. I already know both of your answers. Do you prefer multiplayer or solo games? Both of you are solo, right? Solo? For me, solo. I would say as of aged solo more. Uh, I was definitely more of a multiplayer gamer growing up. Um, yeah. So we're going to save the other 25 questions for the next time we want to do it this week there wasn't a huge like interesting topic to discuss so i thought this would be fun so next time this happens could be next week could be a couple weeks from now we'll hop back in i'll definitely make sure it's a week when all three of us are here because that's what makes it most interesting in terms of i gotta say i'm down to do the next 25 i don't remember what website it was it doesn't sound like a super legit ass one but i think some, like a lot of those questions are ultra fucking lame okay like have you like have you ever watched a Twitch stream? Well, it's it's it well neither well, I would you guys don't really watch Twitch, right? Yeah, but it's not even just that. It's just like random ones. I I was like, why are they doing this on kind of funny? I'm bored as fuck. These questions are stupid. And I didn't want to be a bummer when we did our thing. I just wanted to answer them and have fun, but like <laughs> now doing them again, I'm like, who wrote this? Who, why are you asking me these questions? Have you ever played a third-person game? Yes. Sure. Okay, well, we won't do it next time, then. Uh, anyways, thank you guys for uh, listening to the show. Let's hop into what we're going to be playing. Um, Control's going to come up for a couple of weeks, so I'm trying to think of what I'm going to be playing. Probably just Madden 20. I don't know if I'm going to hop into something before Control, because I don't want to get caught in the middle. Might just achievement hunting Gears of War 4, more unlikely. Uh, and then Good Boys comes out this weekend, so I'm going to try to catch that in the theaters. That was a movie we had talked about last week, Jordan, uh, with Jacob Tremblay, I believe the actor's name is. He's the boy from Broom and the Predator reboot, whatever it was. Um, Tremblay. Tremblay. Uh, it's pretty much it for me. Uh, what are you guys going to be playing? More Red Dead, I assume, Dom? Red Dead. Red Dead. Roy Doid. Jordan? Have you finished the entire trilogy of uh, Dark Knight, Tom? Yes. Yep. Nice. Uh, Rises well, held up better say... than I thought. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Um, a lot better than people give it credit for. Um, perhaps he's wondering why you would shoot a man before throwing <laughs> him out of a plane. Um... <laughs> I'll just say, Jared, I wasn't trying to, you know, bust your balls too hard there or anything. I think that you make way better games personally than whoever this. Yeah, I like when you bring up the games. We'll meet in the middle. Next time we do it, I'll look over their twenty-five questions. Cross off the dumb ones. And I'll make. I'll replace them with some some of my own. Just like, Jesus, bro, come on. I hear you. If I ask someone that, if someone was like, do you? ever play games with a controller Jordan trying to break the ice with me I'd be like bro can we just talk about games <laughs> could you stop this bullshit yeah I get you You make. I way appreciate this, what it's trying to do games. yeah I so I'll, I'll go yeah. through the other 25 whenever I get a chance and I'll replace the generic ones and I'll make it a little bit more interesting I hear you word there you go yeah give me some of that classic Jared spice if you would <laughs> that spice that chef spice mmm 
Magnifico. Um, so what will I be doing here? Um, Levelskip.com is not a sponsor of the podcast, as you can clearly tell, by the way. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing. When, when Tim Getty said that on Kind of Funny, I was like, you were on what website? It's. I feel like they went on uh, Internet Explorers to, uh, what's the clickbait site that they go to? Oh, yeah. The, but you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Like, yeah. they found it off of there, and then he was like, oh, I'll use this on Gamescast. That's what it felt like. Anyways, uh, this upcoming week, um, Control's still, uh, what, 10 days out? Two weeks out? 27th, uh, I believe, so 12 days-ish. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so it's not going to be this this cycle. Um, but getting pumped on that, man. Is that Can't a Game Pass joint? No, unfortunately, no. Okay. I don't know why I thought that. Never Support mind. the developer, Dom. Gosh. If if they were still in partnership with Microsoft, it would have been like Quantum Break would have probably been if Game Pass was around Even then. Oh, Game okay. Pass clearly is supporting developers as you <laughs> have uh, previously stated, quadrupling their sales and such. Yeah. Um. So continuing on with Ghost in the Shell rewatch, loving it. Um. It's got to be the best cyberpunk anime of all time. I mean, there is actually a lot of great cyberpunk anime. Some people would say that Akira is uh, better than Ghost in the Shell, or maybe Appleseed, but I would say not quite. Bucko. Um, and let's see, I'll be. Uh, I think it's about time to finish up at least my first campaign run through of Fire Emblem, so hopefully we'll be. And polishing that one off uh, and feel like there was something else oh shout out uh, I reread Dark Knight Returns and watched the two part animated film that they did for that one <coughs> and uh, I should say that they definitely did a good job of you know tribute to that original comic I will say that they handled the news. Jared, have you read Dark Knight Returns? No, it's on my to-read list. Yeah, Yeah, so, um, you know, it's considered, it's written by Frank Miller, considered, you know, one of the greatest Batman stories of all time by many. And is certainly from the 80s and, is from the 80s and is certainly uh, part of why we see Batman is so dark and gritty today. Um, part of that transition um, I will say that the comic has a little too for me it has a little too much of the newscasters talking heads uh, going back and forth and I think in the movie I just want to give them a little tip of the cap because they include that in there while also handling it really well and not making it quite as kind of boring as it is in the comics because it's, it's very dry in between these you know awesome Batman scenes so um, but yeah, obviously enjoyed the comic nonetheless. It is uh, one of the classics, so um, just give a little shout out to that. And you know, since we're talking about upcoming stuff and comic book characters, Jared, I just found out with this week's uh, comic releases that the Legion of Superheroes is coming back in DC Comics. And uh, I don't know if you're a fan of them, but I sure am. And, I'm glad to see them return. Yeah, not too familiar. Uh, to be Futuristic quite honest. superheroes. 
yeah, that's it. Seems like a, a deeper cut for the DC side. Like I've I enjoy both, but I'm we've talked about this before. I'm more of a Marvel guy, more of a Marvel guy. Hashtag. Sure. So yeah, it's just that's a group that I'm personally not familiar. But I'll check it out and see if it interests me or not. I'll I'll give it a try. Um, sure. that's it for episode 155 of the Controlled Interest Gamecast. If you guys can, please follow us on Twitter at ctrlint. It's Controlled Interest abbreviated. You can follow me at Jared underscore. You can follow Dom at Dom Zorios, and you can follow Jordan at Melomotus. Uh, on iTunes, if you give us a follow, review us there. It helps us move up in the algorithm. As always, the dreaded algorithm. Uh, on YouTube, search Controlled Interest. The algorithm. You can subscribe to our channel there. Leave a like on our our videos and hit the bell notification. It'll notify you whenever we upload the weekly podcast. They usually go up Sunday, but you never know. You might miss it, and YouTube sub boxes can be a little fickle at times. Thank you guys for listening. The algorithm. We'll be back next time. Uh, yeah, have a good one. Bye.